Podcast Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. What's up, Kat? How are you? Oh, fan-freaking-tastic. There was snow. There was snow this morning here. Yeah. Like, that escalated get, quickly. I think we're going to get more this weekend. Isn't it a feeling of satisfaction, though? When it snows right after you get your snow tires on. Yeah. And that's exactly what you did yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so odd. I picked I picked the day myself. Um, my mechanic over at Kitchener Honda. Great people over there. Uh, anyway, it was like, yeah, you pick your day. Randomly, I selected that day. And boom, what do you know? The next day, I'm driving to work and it's snowing. Something else. I thought for sure when we published yesterday the Starbucks holiday menu, that was going to be something that we could all agree on. Whether you like Starbucks or not, it's a nice thing to have the red cups out and all the different flavors for the season. But I'm actually hearing a lot of backlash, and I don't necessarily disagree with some of these people that are complaining there's no shortbread or eggnog options on the menu this year. Mm. If you want to see the holiday menu, it is posted at scottandcat.ca. I mean, there's sugar cookie oat latte and the caramel brute brute. Brulee latte. Yeah. I'm one to think, and uh, maybe I'm just assuming here, but if if it sells well, it'll be on the menu. Maybe they found the eggnoggy things just didn't sell so well, and you got to move that aside and try something different. Maybe. I just think that if it seems like there's a lot of people who instantly flagged this and and got pissed right off at me. I didn't fucking create the menu. I just posted I the story. The Did you off. make those choices? You could have told us that. You know, I mean, if Starbucks wants a little input, yeah, I'll tell them. Leave the Irish cream Americano on the menu all year round. But they don't ask me for these things. They just go ahead and do them. And that's the fucking problem. But anyway, you can see that menu, like I said, on our site. And all of our top trending stories are always there as well. Scottandcat.ca. Before we talk about this woman who made a confession online about her husband's work activities. That might sound weird, but I guarantee it's going to make sense soon. I want to take you back to yesterday. Before the health minister came out and announced that the province is not going to require healthcare workers to be vaccinated to work in an Ontario hospital. Hmm. No mandate for healthcare workers. I want to play something that I feel like isn't getting enough attention. Yesterday, our chief medical officer of health, Dr. Kieran Moore, came out to do his weekly update. And I've basically tuned those things out because they're rarely useful. But he said something yesterday that I don't think a lot of people picked up on. So this is yesterday. If you want to see the video, it's up online. Just go to YouTube. This happens at about eight minutes and 20 seconds of the video so that, you know, we're not fucking around here. Listen to Dr. Kieran Moore. Um, So we still have a ways to go to reach population protection. We need either Ontarians to get protection through uh, vaccination, which is uh, my preference, uh, or they will get protection through natural exposure. Um, uh, My preference, obviously, and I I hope all Ontarians, is to get protected through immunization. That is our way out of this pandemic. Thank you, Dr. Moore, because I hear it all the time. A lot of people are asking the question, and it's a fair question to ask, especially now that Dr. Moore has put it out there. If you've already had COVID, like most other viruses, you will have some antibodies in your system because you've recovered from it. So if you're protected, and that's Dr. Moore's word, you just heard it, 
if you're protected from having had COVID, why are you not considered immune like the people who have had the booster shot right. or the regular shots? Right. And we've had this conversation before, so I'm glad that it, it's being addressed. Well, now it's going to come up because I, I've seen a few people already fixate on that particular comment from yesterday. And it is a fair question to ask. If you've got immunity from having had the virus, why do you need the vaccine? And I get that, yeah, eventually your antibodies may wane a little bit, but so does the shot. That's why we're getting booster shots in the spring for most people, although some people can get a third shot right now, depending on what they do for a living or what their living situation is. You know, I'm thinking about some of the people that have lost their job, and I look at the amount of people that are vaccinated, 85% in Ontario, eligible Ontarians, and then I look at the... Uh, the number of people that have lost their jobs, and I have to think some of the people that lost their job because they weren't vaccinated have had COVID. If they've had COVID, I don't know why we would treat them any differently than someone who's had two shots of vaccine. I I don't know what's going to come of it, but I have a feeling the government was not happy that Dr. Moore opened up Pandora's box yesterday by making that claim that, yeah, you do have some immunity there if you've had the virus. Uh, I'm hoping someone in the Queen's Park press pool will ask the premier or the health minister or Dr. Moore about that as a more detailed follow up. Colin DeMello from CTV did ask what kind of a message do you think it sends to say that? But he didn't ask, why are you not considered immune if you've already had covid? And we can see from the numbers, hundreds of thousands of people have had it. So there must be more people out there with immunity that we don't know about. So now let's go to this woman who has made an anonymous confession online, Cat. <laughs> Sometimes people find a little bit of uh, therapeutic relief in confessing some of their deepest, darkest secrets. They want to get it off their chest. And if they do it anonymously on sites or apps like Whisper, for example, the whole premise of that is go ahead and tell your deepest, darkest secret. Some people feel better to get it off their chest to acknowledge what they've done, and in an anonymous way, they don't have to feel any of the repercussions from that confession. Right. So this woman here says, most people enjoy their partner getting a promotion at work. It means a better opportunity, more future opportunities. It comes with more money, and it gives you an added sense of security. This woman confessed that she's been helping her husband with his job. My husband has been given several promotions at his work. He thinks he earned them. My confession is, I've been fucking his boss for a few years now. There it is. His promotions mean longer hours away from home. I can continue to entertain his boss. And what I'm trying to figure out here is... Does she feel bad about this or is she low-key proud of this? Because some of the verbiage in this confession that she's written would tell me that she's kind of proud of the fact that she helped her husband, that she got her family situation into a more stable financial position Jesus because Christ. of the promotion. Yeah. And, and I'm wondering, is that something that you can take any pride in at all? <laughs> I mean, for me, my husband is doing great at work because I'm fucking yeah. his boss. For me, I mean, there's no gray area in this one. Uh, it's it's not it's not right. It's not okay. And how do you go on being proud? 
you know, because part of when you're when something great happens to your spouse, the feelings that you should have anyway, and if you don't, there's other problems at play. But the feelings that you should be are proud and absolutely supportive and doing all those things outside of being that involved in the job, to be honest with you. I don't think you should be involved in the job, but helping outside of that in any way you can, great. And I'll give you some examples coming up. But that is... I mean, I think she's got she's got some issues, obviously. I, I think that that's obvious to me anyway. That is not in any way something that should make you proud. That is something you are doing for yourself. And you're using it as an excuse. That's a cover. You know, you want to fuck around and cheat. You think, oh, but if I do it like to, to make him look better, then it's okay if I fuck around. So if I fuck his boss, he's getting promotions or maybe whatever it might be, better perks at work. I'm kind of doing him a favor, even though I'm sucking some other guy's dick. It's okay. I'm doing it for us, baby. It's just so gross. And I, there, like I said, there's no gray area for me. It's wrong. It's not okay. I, I mean, I hope the guy finds out. Because could you imagine that kick to the gut if you found out, like, man, I'm doing so good at work. Isn't this amazing? Yeah, look at me. I'm amazing. And then you find out, no, your significant other was just pounding the shit out of your boss. And that's the reason why you are where you are. It's just unbelievable it's i i don't like anything about it there's ways that you can support your spouse most definitely and maybe that means you take on more of the responsibility at home in order to accomplish that it means those late nights you have to kind of give that up and be like okay you're working hard you're doing what you got to do lots of other ways to support last i checked sucking a dick ain't one of them so no i don't like it no good what a piece of trash Okay, but in all fairness there's a lot of people who have slept their way up the corporate ladder in this case, you're just using a proxy. It's your partner fucking the boss, so you don't have to. And he doesn't even know. Well, he doesn't know. That, and that, you know that, who that's... else is a piece of shit in this story? Is the boss. Sure. Absolutely. Let's talk about that for a second. So you're the boss, and and as this person gets promoted further and further up the ranks, you probably work more and more closely with them. I'm going to assume that you see this person on a fairly regular basis. You look him in the eye sitting across from you at your desk and say, you know what? I'm really happy with how things are going, so I'm going to promote you. And that promotion comes with a raise. Knowing that the only reason he's getting that promotion is because his wife sucks a mean dick. Yeah. And I don't mean to put it like that, but that's exactly how it's happening. I don't understand how this boss can walk through the office like everything is cool. Yeah. And don't you, like, how do you feel, boss, in terms of what you do for a living? Like, you have no respect for your title. You have no respect for your managerial position if you do that. You should be promoting people based on their work ethic and everything else. You should be promoting people based on a million factors. That doesn't even come close. So what does that say about you and your position? You shouldn't be there. You should have nothing to do with that role at all. Not lost on me here is the very real possibility that maybe this person is actually really good at their job. Maybe this isn't a tough decision, and it's possible the boss would have promoted him anyway. The fact that his wife keeps showing up at the office ready to take care of him is really just an added bonus. Mm -hmm. It's possible that's the case, too. Yeah. What happens if he finds out, the employee, that this is what's going on? Does Is there... Any part of him, even a a 1% part of him that owes his wife a thank you, 
if he or is the whole thing just offside? Uh, if he doesn't respect his relationship either, because she clearly doesn't, then maybe they'll continue on this way. It's quite possible. Um, but in, in, other than that, I, I don't see a way. I, I feel I feel bad for the guy. And who knows? I know we don't know more, anything about this guy. This guy could be a total douchebag all on his own. All these people could be douchebags. We could be talking about three absolute scum of the earth motherfuckers. We don't know. But what I do know is if he decides like, oh, okay, but I, I mean, all right, well, I am doing well and I like money, so I don't want to give up a good thing. Let's let this ride. Then you don't actually have any respect for the person that you're with. Let's talk about uh, Pete Davidson for a second here because this guy just keeps coming back like a bad smell. Every couple of months, Pete Davidson ends up back in the news because either he laughed and fucked up the whole sketch on SNL or he's dating another Hollywood elite starlet. Now it's Kim Kardashian. How is this possible? I love this. I love this. I love it. Hey, I'm always a fan of rooting for the underdog, and this guy kind of was one up until Ariana Grande came along, and then next thing you know, he's apparently screwing around with Kate Beckinsale just for fun. They were never actually dating, and now it's Kim Kardashian, and and I love it because it does go to show you that, yes, you might not think the guy is attractive, and I understand. Not a lot of people do, but there are people who do, by the way. There are a lot of people who do think he's attractive, so keep that in mind. It's a type. It's a certain type that he is, right, that you'd be attracted to. He is funny. Um, he does well for himself. So there's all those things at play. And I I love the fact, just specifically talking about Kim, before we get into the, the rumors, because I know what the rumor is, and Ariana Grande is the one that started it. We'll get to that in a sec. But I love this for Kim if it's true. And this could be a publicity stunt, guys. I know. I've, I've been around this fucking... I've been down this road a billion times reporting on entertainment shit for how many years now? A long time. So I know I know what a publicity stunt is when I see it. But I do think these two genuinely like hanging out with one another. Um, the, the long story short is Kim hosted SNL. That's when they kind of got to know each other. We know Travis Barker was on the week following. Travis Barker is also friends with Pete Davidson through Machine Gun Kelly. Keep all of that stuff in mind, I know. And then what happened was apparently since Travis got to know Pete, he thought you might be good for Kim. And that's when, after they ended up getting along quite well, when Kim hosted SNL, they decided to hang out. So they went on what looks to me like a double date, but they'll tell you it wasn't. With Courtney and Travis, they went to this carnival theme park thing for Halloween over the weekend, and they were holding hands on the roller coaster. Okay, last I checked, there's not a lot of friends I'd hold hands with on the roller coaster, whether it's a man or a woman. I, I don't think that that would happen very often unless I'm with my significant other. But there we are. There they are holding hands. And there's video of it. Fine. Then she ends up in Staten Island going for dinner with him at his favorite Italian restaurant. And apparently it was quite the romantic setup. Then... Two nights in a row they go to dinner. Last night they did too. And then they went to Manhattan uh, this time around because, well, Staten Island only has so much to offer. So they were in Manhattan for a night. That's being generous. <laughs> There's really not much that Staten Island has to offer. So they went out to, again. So all that said, it looks as though, according to sources, Kim is now actually pretty intrigued by Pete. They're leaving it at that. It's not like they're boyfriend, girlfriend, really. But it seems as though he's trying his best to woo her, and it's working. And I like this for Kim. This is me just deep into the celebrity shit. But I like this for Kim because she previously was with Kanye West. And I, just the senses that I get between the two guys, okay? Just the senses. I feel like 
if you're with Kanye, you're walking on eggshells, trying not to set him off, upset him, make him go, you know, a, all Kanye. A, all Kanye. Thank you. There's there. He's actually turned it into that. It's a Kanye thing. So in turning into Kanye, kind of in that scenario, going from that to this guy who's obviously chill, very laid back, very grateful and thankful probably to be with you, probably kisses the ground you walk on, funny, um, has been with other good-looking celebrities, so he knows what he's doing here. He knows how to work charm. This we can figure. And yes, let's get into the rumors, shall we? Because it was actually Ariana Grande when they got engaged, maybe jokingly, Maybe not, that responded to a hater tweet about what's the deal with Pete Davidson? He must be hung like a horse, that kind of thing. I am paraphrasing. I don't remember what the tweet said. And Ariana Grande replied with huge with like five U's. (laughs) So everybody figure he's got a big dick. Now, that shouldn't be the reason why you're with someone. But of course, this rumor started. Now, just so everyone is aware, who is just following along with this now and doesn't know what happened, he'd ended up during an interview, asked about this. Let's talk about your BDE for a second and see if it's true. BDE is big dick energy, by the way, for those that don't know. Thank you. I had no idea. Big dick energy, yeah. So it's like a certain swag that you have when you know you're packing something good. And Pete Davidson... Oh, I do not have that energy, (laughs) Holy fuck. I do not have that energy. So apparently Pete just exudes this energy, and so Ariana is the one that kind of tipped people off, if you will, to, Mm -hmm. yeah, he's got a big dick too, so it's great. So now everybody's assuming that people are mostly curious about what's going on there because she made it seem like it's quite large. So he did respond to that, and he said that he didn't love that she did that because, and this was after they broke up, why would she tell everyone that I have a huge penis so every girl who sees my dick for the rest of my life is disappointed? So he's trying to, like, calm those rumors down after the fact, after they had broken up. He was trying to calm those rumors down a little bit because the rumor was that he's 10 inches long. That's the 10 rumor. inches long. Now, listen, these are all this is I'm telling you exactly what went down. We don't know what the truth is. He's not going to whip it out anytime soon, but I'd imagine he's not bad in bed, right? You know, Ariana Grande, you've met her just like I have. She's a very tiny girl. Tiny. Ten, 10 inches would split her in half like a tree that got hit by lightning. Well, you might be surprised at what the female cavity can carry, Scott. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. I feel like he loves that that rumor is out there. And I'm wondering when that, that was Ari and that was fine. We all remember that. But now these other girls keep coming around and mm-hmm. they've no doubt heard this rumor too. And if that rumor turns out to be true, Pete just looks like a, uh, like they should put a fucking statue of him somewhere on Staten Island. Like <laughs> they probably he... have. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I mean, when you heard the rumor and you went after that guy to see if the rumor was true and try and experience it, when your suspicions are confirmed, that's got to be a major feeling of fuck yeah, I was right. Now fuck me, and I imagine <laughs> that's how this goes down. <laughs> yeah. I know, and we may never, and here's the thing, guys, we may never know. We may never know. If you were Pete Davidson, and somebody came along and said, listen, the story's out there, we think it's true, but whether it's true or not, we're going to offer you a $10 million payday to do one porn. 
Do you think Pete would do it? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, he's Mm-mm. not letting anybody see that dick. He's not doing it. He's smart enough. He's, he's, he's has a career. He has an actual career after SNL. Now, talk to me when it's 10 years out. Let's say he leaves SNL for 10 years and he's more like a, I don't know, like a no name, like everyone forgot about him kind of thing. Then, okay, maybe at that point he might go, oh, yeah, right, I'll do it. But I think he actually has a, a legitimate potential at a, at a good career. And, he's, and he said he's working on his acting skills as he goes, too. He's young. Let's not forget he's young, too. He's got a long way to go. <laughs> long. Uh, I um, see what you did there. He, he does. Though. He's 27. Like, I mean, this guy could potentially be the next Will Ferrell. We don't know. We don't, okay, don't hate. Don't hate haters. I know I'm saying Will Ferrell, and that's like the holy grail of SNL amazingness. But he's 27, so he's got a long way to go. We'll see how, how it goes. But I think he's not stupid enough to do anything like that. A man on Reddit reveals he swapped his wife's cat for an identical cat, and she has no idea. <gasps> it's been six years. <gasps> what? The man claimed that he and his wife were boyfriend and girlfriend at the time, and he was looking after the cat while his partner spent the week with her family. He writes, she had an all-black cat that was extremely aggressive. It scratched everyone, and it hissed at everyone, and it didn't use its litter box half the time. My wife insisted she could get it to behave better. One week, she went out of town to visit her family, and I was supposed to go to her apartment and feed it. The man had such a bad experience with the cat that he joked he was going to replace it, but then decided that wasn't such a bad idea. So his post continues, The first night I went over, it scratched the shit out of my arm. I joked to the cat that it's not special and I'll replace it if it scratches me again. The joke stuck with me until I had thought about it enough and it wasn't a joke. The next morning, I went to an animal shelter. I found an identical cat who was already litter box trained and acclimated to people, but was a little skittish. But overall... It was a lot friendlier and better behaved, and the skittishness would help it resemble the original cat. Hmm. So I adopted it, took it to my wife's apartment, settled it in, and then drove the original cat back to the shelter because I was paranoid, sorry, to a different shelter in another town because he was paranoid his wife would find out if he took it to a local one. It's been six years, and his wife still does not know that's not her cat. Wow. Wow. How do people keep that a secret? Like, just so nonchalantly. Well, I mean, it's a major upgrade, right? I mean, this guy can claim he's like some sort of the fucking cat whisperer, like Tiger King or something. She comes home from this one week and her little cat, which was a hellion. Look, honey, I fixed the cat. I trained it. It's using its litter box now. It's not going to scratch you. This is great. And I mean, cats are not dogs. Cats are a very, very, very different animal. They don't have the same, uh, they don't show the same affection. And and you might not even notice if it was a cat that looked similar, but wasn't identical. And in this case, she didn't and she hasn't. It's been six years. Now, I don't know what ended up happening to the other cat. It probably, presumably got adopted by some family who regrets adopting it. <laughs> but in this case, though, yeah. I mean, is he... I guess he is an asshole, but I don't know that I really blame him. He he had a major upgrade on quality of life. And while he he did do a shitty thing in taking the other cat 
to a shelter. He at least pulled this current yeah. cat out of a shelter. So it's kind of a wash when we do the numbers. Oh, my God. No. I mean, I'm baffled by the lies and the deceit that's happening. What is happening in the world? Why can't we just be real and honest and good? Sorry, honesty? Like with an H? I know. That's hmm. fucked, right? Hmm. Interesting. Huh. Yeah, you're right. Generally speaking, it seems like a lot of the stories that are coming out lately are shitty, underhanded things. In this case, imagine that. You found the perfect person. You love hanging out with them. But they've got a pet that's a little fucking asshole. (laughs) And it bites you and pees everywhere and scratches Mm -hmm. the shit out of you. That's a tough thing to deal with. Now, cats, I think, are a little bit easier to handle than dogs. But nonetheless, you get the point. He just reached his wits end and said, fuck this. Now's my window (laughs) of opportunity and I'm doing it. Right. And he did. If you're one of our American listeners today, you can get a free taco at Taco Bell. That's courtesy of the Atlanta Braves second baseman, Ozzie Albias, who stole a base in game one of the World Series. That (laughs) triggered Taco Bell's annual steal a base, steal a taco promotion. So go get yours. It's free. I don't know why we can't have that shit in Canada, though. Why don't we ever get free tacos? How about something simple? Like if if Wayne Simmons scores a goal for the Leafs, everybody gets a free taco. Something that's very unlikely to happen. Wouldn't that be a good idea? Yeah, I mean, we had the like the thing with the Raptors for going for a while. With what is it? It was the pizza. Is it still pizza? Pizza, pizza. Yeah. Uh, they had McDonald's fries too. If they yeah, score, they, I don't even know how it up. works. I just get a notification in my McDonald's app. Yeah. So I mean, that's cool. I think that it's a bonus for for the people who are involved because if you're going to get something small, you're probably the chances are you're going to buy something with it, right? You're not just going to go and be like, "Give me my single taco." There, for every few that do it, there's going to be one person that's like, "And I'll add a drink and I'll pay for it." So it might be worth it, but it depends on the establishment. I, I don't know if I, I don't know. Like for me, I probably wouldn't bother going or I forget about it. I've forgotten about my slice once when I went to a Raptors game. Totally forgot. Let's talk about careers for a second here. This is a great thread on Reddit talking about people that get paid way too much for the job that they do. And keep in mind, some of you are going to hate this because some of you do these jobs. However, this is uh, someone who doesn't do the job commenting on what you do. So they don't know the whole story, but let's work with this for a second here. Actors and actresses are on top of the list. They get paid millions of dollars for a few weeks worth of work. And that's insane. Is it? Because I feel like it's not really the work you're paying for when you hire an actor or actress. You're paying for the name. It might cost you $10 million to get Meryl Streep in your movie, but she's probably worth every penny because people will go see it because Meryl Streep is in it. Yep. Yep. Keep in mind, too, it's, it's not just necessarily that, but you have to also justify how much money you make. So if the studio makes, you know, $10 million in the first, no, whatever, in total, $50 million, let's say, by the time the movie's out of theaters, but you're only going to pay, what, how much do you expect them to make? Like $10,000? Then that's, that's like the balance is way off there. That doesn't make sense. The more that the company or that particular movie or whatever brings in should absolutely reflect how much that actor or actress or whatever are making on it. Absolutely. Professional athletes. A lot of people agree that pro athletes make way too much money. 
How can you pay somebody $80 million to catch a football once a week, 17 weeks a year? Here we go, though. And and the same argument can be made. That's a franchise. We're talking about, let's say you're talking about um, Tom Brady, okay? That's the easiest one that we all know. Makes a shit ton of money. Let's talk about Tampa Bay, buying him and how much money that costs. Tampa Bay's merch sales are absolutely through the roof. They're making that much money. Tom Brady doesn't necessarily pocket that, even though his name's all over the back of it. So how else do you think he'd get paid? They know they bring in money that way. They know people will watch it. That broadcast rights, everything that they, every single fucking thing you see, the stadium being packed, is Tom Brady. He deserves the money. And yes, there's lots of other athletes, you know, you could argue they're paid too much. But still, again, at the end of the day, the franchise is making the money, no matter what sport you're talking about. If they make good money... The athletes need to make good money because they're the reason you're there. You know, it isn't the fucking managements and suits upstairs that they're not the reason you're there. It's the players playing. So they need to get paid. Well, they cite an example in particular that, yeah, I, I can kind of see why people would be a little questionable on this one. But they say Conor McGregor was the highest paid athlete last year. He made $180 million for two fights and he lost both of them. It's a lot of money. I get it. But do you know how much money they made from people paying to watch those Conor McGregor fights and going to the Conor McGregor fight? It's insane how much money others are making off of this. So I get it. He's probably worth the money. And and a lot of those athletes are next on the list. And this is kind of random, but I know where they're coming from. They say college football coaches are way overpaid for their job. And I'm going to take this a step further and say it's not just college football coaches. It's college basketball, college lacrosse, college soccer, college everything. Not only do they get paid a huge salary from their school, they also run those special camps. Ah, hey, look at me. I'm the the head coach of the Auburn football team, and we're running a camp. Come to the camp and try out for our team. And they'll put in 200 prospects at three or $400 a piece and make a hundred grand in one day just by running those prospect camps. It's crazy how much money they're making. Are they overpaid? Um, not the ones who win. They're probably worth every penny. Right. Real estate agents. Two and a half percent commission on a million dollar house is a sweet payday, especially when houses are flying off the shelf. Says one person. I think it comes down to the realtor that you use because yep. some of them are worth every penny and there's others that I don't know if people are using them to their full potential. Everybody's got the MLS.ca or Realtor.ca app. You look for houses yourself. All they did was take you to the house and do the paperwork. Yeah, there are. I mean, and you could say this this again, once again is another example that you could use in a couple different industries, but there are the lazy type. They do it and they just happen to make really good coin because no matter what, that's the commission number. It's not like you can, in most cases, you can convince them to take lower. That's not really how it works. And there are some who work their ass off to get you what you want, right? Mm-hmm. There are some people who work, um, they, they do the, the stressful long hours and they go out of their way to explain things to you or help you out or educate you and show you things, put you outside of the, the zone that you thought you were going to be just to show you what it's like. And then there's the lazy ass people and you're right. And I've had, I've had, you know, both, honestly, where I've, I found it, you know, I, I set up the time for it. I just said, just so you know, we're going here. You know, it's, it's nice 
to know that there are those that are working hard. But when you see those that aren't really, I mean, they're probably not making as much money as they could be, let's say. That's for sure. Because if they really applied themselves, they could make more money. But the commission's the commission, regardless. And right now, with the cost of real estate, they're making more. Yeah. In some cases, the ones who hustle are. Um, the realtor thing, take it with a grain of salt because yeah, it seems like a massive check that you're stroking when you use a realtor to sell your house. They also have a lot of costs, the fees that they pay to various realtor organizations and boards. They pay a lot of money for various things. So it's not all profit and advertising for you. Don't forget a lot of the time, right? Like there's a reason why your home was featured here or there or why you got multiple bids. It's obviously on the work that they do. So you could, ar- you could also argue that, uh, you know, if they didn't work as hard, then it wouldn't have been as easy for you. And who can do that paperwork? Like, fuck that. I couldn't do that job. That's why I'm like, fine, here, here's the money. You deserve it because I can't do it. And I certainly don't want to do it. <laughs> no, I, I totally agree <laughs> with you. Terrible. Using a realtor is so much easier it than sound, trying to honestly, do it on your own. The doing it on my own sounds terrible to me. So for me, it's worth every penny. CEOs. With their salary, stock options, and perks, some make more than you realize. There were at least 15 CEOs in America that made over $100 million last year. Hmm. Are they really worth it? Because I don't know that any one person is worth it, particularly when the bulk of their job is hobnobbing with shareholders and delegating out daily responsibilities. But one would say that that is maybe an important role. Like, I don't know a lot of CEOs, so I probably couldn't tell you anything personally, but I would imagine that that role, we know it's important in terms of setting a standard for that company. I mean, you are usually the face of the company and the name of the company, and you're behind all of that stuff. But it's it depends on, I, I do suppose it does depend on the company too, right? Maybe there are some bad CEOs. I don't know, but I'd imagine you couldn't keep your job if you're a bad CEO. Am I wrong there? I don't know. Who's going to fire you? You're the CEO. Unless there's a board that really would have to go far out of their way to do it. Yeah, perhaps you're right. I, I'm not sure. But I wouldn't, I don't know. I wouldn't begin to tell you how much each, each CEO would make. I don't know. When we talked about this on our radio show today, we had a lot of people text in other suggestions. Some people felt dentists and veterinarians were overpaid. Mm. Some person, or one person, one person said that teachers are overpaid ha. for the job that they do. Okay. You lost me on that one. I think they're worth every penny. Again, though, the good ones. Uh, what else came in this morning by text? Somebody suggested truck drivers make a lot more money than you think, that and they is, are overpaid. Uh, I couldn't some- disagree more. I think they're, the reason we still have a society right now after the year and a half of COVID is because of truck drivers. And not just that, but there's sacrifice that's made for truck drivers. And for those wondering, yeah, absolutely. You can earn a, an incredible living if you are a full-time truck driver, um, especially if you've got your own rig, too. Like, you're even profiting even more if you're able to pay that off eventually. It takes a long, long time to do it. But when you do, it's incredible. Uh, These people are on the road for weeks at a time. The sacrifices are insane. Going out without seeing their family for weeks sometimes at a time, maybe even months. I don't know, depending on the situation. And you're absolutely right, Scott. We Maybe you take advantage of it. If you're the type to say that, then okay. So how would you feel if you didn't get that package that you wanted from Amazon? Because guess how that was shipped? How would you feel about the groceries you wouldn't be able to get? Because that was shipped. And it's trucking that has kept us going. You're absolutely right. So mm-hmm. I completely disagree with that as well. Last thing I want to mention, because we're going to wrap this up. I've got a tattoo appointment today, so I got to go. Sorry, guys. We'll talk, about that t- we'll talk about that tomorrow for sure.
there's a, a recall on some aromatherapy spray that was sold at Walmart that has now been linked to a, and I quote, rare fatal bacterial disease. What the fuck is in this aromatherapy spray? That doesn't sound very relaxing. No. Who's buying aromatherapy spray at Walmart? Yeah. I didn't even know they sold it, to be honest I with mean, you. I mean, this is one of the reasons, to be just to be honest, I, I, I'm careful about what I buy where, and this would be a good example of that. Exactly. Rare, fatal, bacterial disease? Holy shit. You can read all about that at scottandcat.ca. Have yourselves a fantastic Thursday, guys. We'll be back tomorrow, maybe, with Dave. Fingers crossed. He's uh, starting to get back into the swing of things, so he might drop by then. Uh, We'll find out together tomorrow on another episode of After 9. Happy Diwali if you're celebrating. Indeed. Thanks to ongoing supply chain issues, a massive drought, and lack of bottles, the country is now experiencing a wine shortage. Across America, moms and aunts are like, I feel a disturbance in the force. (laughs) Wine shortage, it's serious. Right now, book club members are just sitting in a circle like, well, I guess we could talk about the book. A new study suggests that married couples who met on dating apps have a higher chance of getting a divorce. Well, that was kind of the point, said a couple who met on Divorcer. (laughs) Nike is planning to enter the metaverse so it can start selling digital sneakers. That's right. They're expensive shoes that you can't actually wear, whereas they're also known heels. McDonald's this year is celebrating the 40th anniversary of its McRib sandwich. But if anyone asks, it was made today. The After 9 podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.